0: All right, well, welcome to this episode of the Texas Tech Edition, the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody. We got a lot of things to talk about today. Texas Tech falls 41-31 in Stillwater to a very good Oklahoma State team on Saturday. Um, some good news if you're an NFL fan, your team probably won this weekend. Even my Texans won. The Cowboys won against the defending Super Bowl champs. The Chiefs came back from 17-0 down on Monday Night Football with Patrick Mahomes. Oh, and uh, some better news, some way better news. Baron Morden, that kid we started, uh, the redshirt freshman at quarterback, that kid's pretty good. First ever start on the road at number seven. We'll talk plenty about all of that, maybe not so much the NFL games, but we'll talk a ton about Baron Warden here. All right, so first off, I have to say, it, I was completely wrong. I was completely wrong. I, last week on this pod, I said that, Bear Morton would not start at Oklahoma State. I didn't think that would be the position that we put him in to start at number seven in the nation at in a hostile environment. I was completely wrong, and I'm so glad I was. And there were hints. There were hints. So the Gambling Gauchos tweeted out uh, Friday evening uh, acronym that later we found out once he was announced a starter, that kid from Eastland is starting today um sean dylan a local lubbock journalist tweeted out careful what you wish for tech fans you might just get it and boy did we get it and we got more than what we even hoped for from baron morden that kid was sensational sensational so just breaking down the game a bit it started really how about this confidence that the coaching staff had in him that we win the kit, we win the toss, and we say, no, we want the ball. We're not kicking off. We're not putting it in our good defense's hands. We want the ball. We're giving it to the shirt freshman, Baron Morton, to lead us out there. And it starts on that first set of downs, third and 11, completes a pass to Xavier White, who was really good today as well. But uh, for about 10 yards, short of the sticks, they go for it on fourth. They get it. They trust Baron with kind of a wide receiver screen out there. And then later in the drive, he throws it on the run, going to his right to Duran Bradley, right at the right at the sidelines. Caught, first down, and then later, 26-yard touchdown pass to Jeram Bradley, probably over a 40-yard throw. That ball was just delivered on a dime. I mean, there is a pop out of Baron in his hands, and you can tell it. I was going insane <laughs> after that first drive. Um, and then we go for the onside kick, and I want to clarify something here. I think the announcer upset a lot of Texas Tech fans because I kind of think the announcer just made up a rule. Um, So what the rule is, as far as I can tell, if the ball hops once, you cannot call a fair catch. If the ball doesn't hop, you can call a fair catch. The announcer was saying, oh no, after the first bounce, you can call a fair catch. Once it hits the ground, you can still call a fair catch as long as it only hits once. I'm not 100% certain, but I don't believe that's the rule. I've never heard of that in my life. And I looked back, looked at the replay. Trey Wolf hit the bottom of the ball. The turf never came up. That ball never hit the ground. It it never hit the ground. I think the color commentator got it completely wrong and upset a lot of fans there. So I think that was the right call from the officials. After that, we allow another quick touchdown. And it was a nice play by the receiver to reach over the goal line. Uh, on the defender's back again. That is the third time in a row that we've allowed a touchdown less than four plays on the opponent's first drive. Happened against Texas. Happened against Kansas State. Happened here today. And this one's a bit different. I know it was a short field. They're in a bad situation. But man, that has got to be cured at some point. I'm still a huge believer in this defense and Tim Drudder. Uh, I think that they've been put in tough spots and have responded pretty well. I think overall today the defense was good, but that part has got to be cured. Um, Now, going on a bit, uh, Green had an obvious offensive pass interference on Williams that led to a touchdown. Um, I think it was a bad no call, but at the same time, I think the refs just let the receivers and secondary go at it today. I thought it was both ways. Um, there were a lot of misholds on both sides. I don't think it had much of an effect on the game. I think the officials just didn't want to throw that many flags. Um, however, Barron Morton down 17-7. Again, yeah, color commentary was bad again. Sir Roderick Thompson had a nice run. He said he fumbled the ball. He never fumbled the ball. But then on a zone replay, Baron keeps it in the running back's chest until basically when he's being tackled, pulls it out, Breaks a tackle, high steps into the end zone, touchdown, Texas Tech, back in the game. And how about the confidence on this guy? At number seven in the nation, first ever start, redshirt freshman, and he's high stepping it into the end zone. I I love that. I love that so much. I mean, this guy's this guy's different. Um, and then going on, Barron draws two defenders offsides. Both the defensive ends jump on the line. Uh, Half the guys on the line jump, two of the four guys on the line jump for them, and then throws up to Trey Cleveland, who this guy can go up and get it. So this wide receiving core virus they can't make space, they can't, to save their lives for the most part. They can't make space, but they can go up and get jump balls, and we saw, we've saw we seen that from Trey Cleveland three weeks in a row. He did against Texas over two guys, he did against Kansas State, and then drugged the defender like a trailer for another 15 yards and then he did it again today and then um after that we had a nice little play where teeter cup tharp our three tight ends were all blocking on that left side threw it to white touchdown um oklahoma state they had some they had some wide receivers make plays today on offense i mean that's all you can say about that they they had a lot of good catches Um, They go deep on a 4th and 5, make a nice grab. I know there were some complaints that our defender didn't look back. Maybe, maybe he can get there if he looks back. I don't really think so. I think that ball was just placed perfectly by Spencer Sanders. Um, But, and then 4th and 3, we call kind of like a speed option, halfback option, whatever you want to call it. What a pitch by Barrett Morton again, as he's getting hit, Tosses it to Sir Roderick Thompson. He's patient with his run. Gets the first down. Jeez. Um, Going into, it, he was really good. And then we brought Donovan Smith in for that play. I don't like that. I think Bear Morton, if he's in that position, he's not throwing it at the defender. I think he's pump faking it and then walking into the end zone. That was kind of after the injury, which I will say on that injury, how is that flag picked up? How is that flag picked up? They said he wasn't in a passing posture. He was throwing the ball. He was throwing the ball. Is that not a passing posture? Come on. that That's the one gripe I have on the officials today is how do you pick that one up? I mean, you throw the flag. You see the quarterback is obviously hurt, and then you wave it off. I just don't get it. In the modern game of football, and I think roughing the passer – has been corroded too much. We can talk about the NFL this weekend on Sunday with uh, Tom Brady on Monday night with that hit on Derek Carr. But, I mean, that one, how is that one not called? That one needs to be called. But anyways, we go to the second half. We have a lead. Bear Mordant hangs in there. They bring seven on the rush. And Trey Cleveland is not open when he starts to throw this pass. He just knows where Trey Cleveland's going to be, puts it on a dime to him. Caught by Cleveland, 20-plus yard gain. Sir so Roderick Thompson goes in for the touchdown. We're up 31-23. Oklahoma State comes down, ties it 31-all. Baron. Kind of a similar play to Cleveland. He's brought on the rush, throws it where three defenders are. He doesn't anticipate the linebacker coming over. And look, that's lumps you're going to take in your first career start. That's lumps that a freshman's going to take. We have to accept that. We're going to see more lumps out Baron Morton if he continues to play, which I hope he does. I'll get to that later. But you know, those are lumps you just have to accept. You just have to accept when you have a guy this talented that he he knows he can fit it in there. I think it was a poor decision. However, our defense does well, holds them to three. There was a bad snap on that third down. I will say, Oklahoma State, after their center went out, their backup center could not keep that snap down to save his life. Everything was high from him, and Oklahoma State did a good job working around it. But um, one thing I want to talk about, i i believe this is in the fourth quarter we're on their ter- we're in their territory it's like third and one then fourth and two we run the ball twice once with it hurt baron morden which you could tell he he just couldn't run and run in the second half and he was trying he just couldn't do it um i don't like that give the ball to morden on uh third down and either haven't him- Throw a slant, have him throw an out, something like that, or give the ball to Roderick Thompson, who was having a pretty decent day. But, anyways, Zach Hitley, he threw he drew up some really good stuff when Bear Morden was completely healthy. You can tell Bear Morden fit his playbook to perfection. He's the most most Kitley esque quarterback. But these short yardage plays are really coming back to haunt us. Um. Then on 4th and 7, Barron Morton was scrambling to the right. Uh, he threw a pass into heavy coverage. I saw some people saying uh, he should have ran it. The next offensive possession, we could tell why he didn't run it. That guy was limping. And he was giving it his all. He's a gamer. There's no doubt about that. You can never doubt that about Baron Morton. But he just, he just couldn't run it by that point. Anyways, we fall 41-31. Our defense... Played well to keep us in this game, especially in the second half. Bear Morton was sensational in the first half. Second half, he was hurting. Still had a pretty good day, but it just wasn't enough on the day. And this was our toughest game of the year. In Stillwater, that's going to be our toughest game of the year. Even if TCU beats them this weekend, we're going to have a good amount of fans in Fort Worth. Stillwater is a much tougher place to play. For Barron Morton's first start, I thought we showed insanely well. Um, I talked to a couple Oklahoma State fans after that. One of them said, yeah, we kind of got lucky that he got hurt. One of them said, I could not take my eyes off of Barron Morton. He he was insane. So, a lot of positive takeaways from this weekend. And I want to get into my next thing. Aside from the game recap, I thought it was disappointing to lose We were up 31-23. I think Oklahoma State's a really good team. They made adjustments on defense. They saw they were hunting a wounded duck in Barry Morden, and they just brought a lot of pressure. Sometimes Barry Morden threw a dime to Trey Cleveland over the middle. Sometimes he tried to force it to Mason Tharp and got picked off. Um, But, again, lumps you're going to take with a quarterback that young. I'm happy with it. I've been waiting since 2019 for this guy to get a start. It was, I think, less than an hour before the game we knew we were starting, and I went insane. I thought I was going to get a noise complaint after that first drive, even with it being about 1.45 p.m. my time. Um, But that guy was incredible. You can see why he's the highest-rated quarterback uh, and recruited in Texas Tech history. I will say, Barron needs a start. Barron needs a start. No offense to Tyler Shuck. No offense to Donovan Smith, Tyler Shuck. He is up there in age. He does not have the potential Baron Morden does. Donovan Smith. He's also a very good player. He has one of some big games. He won the Liberty Bowl, got us into a bowl game by being Iowa State, beat Texas. He he's been good. Don't get me wrong. He's but he's just too inconsistent to do it in the Big Twelve right now. Right now, I'm not saying he can't be there. I can't. I'm not saying. If he transfers to another program in the Power 5 or even in the Big 12, he wouldn't be successful. But if we had Tyler Shuck starting and Donovan Smith behind him as the succession plan, then Jake Strong coming in like we do, I think all Texas Tech fans would feel good about our quarterback situation. But we have somebody special behind them. That's Baron Morton. He is special. He is Patrick Mahomes-esque. He doesn't quite have the arm talent, is more settled into the fundamentals, but he can also run better than Patrick can. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Patrick. It's been one game. It's been one game. I'm, I need to keep reminding myself of that. But this guy's special. This guy is special. And I'll tell you what, he's a dog, too. I remember, uh, I think I followed him after he committed on Instagram, and after they won a high school football game over, uh, I don't know if it was a rival or something like that, the team they were supposed to play to win the district title. He posted screenshots of, like, either, I'm not even sure what it was, but I think it was, like, a group chat of people saying how Eastland was going to lose to them, (laughs) which, I mean, this guy has it in him. Uh, During the Quinn Ewers sweepstakes, he liked a tweet saying, quote, remember who wanted to be here the whole time? Texas Tech football is going to be elite at quarterback regardless of who who commits next week with a picture of Bear Morden. I mean, this guy, not only is he talented, not only can he run, not only does he have insane arm talent, not only is he gritty like we saw in the second half, but this guy has some dog in him and he's got a chip on his shoulder too. He's got a chip on his shoulder too. And, I mean, everything about him screams Texas Tech. He was born in Lubbock, raised in Midland, played for a small school in Eastland, grew up a Texas Tech fan, has always wanted to play this position. I mean, this is the guy I want starting for us. This is the guy I want starting for us. And if we take some lumps this next six games, fine, fine. Get him that experience. I want him starting, and I know what I saw on Saturday. I know what I saw on Saturday. This guy could go pro next year. This guy could go pro next year. He was not strong enough. He was too skinny to play last year. I will say that. That's not the case anymore. This guy can play. This guy can win us games. I don't know if he's going to go 3-3 and in the last six. I don't know if he's going to go 5-1. and Maybe even 6-0 and and put us into the Big 12 Championship. But I know if we want our highest potential... Baron Morden needs to be starting for Texas Tech, and look, Tyler Shuck has worked his butt off to try to get back on the field. Went through that last year. Feel awful for him. Donovan Smith has done great things at Texas Tech for us. He's won us some big games. I'm sorry, Baron Morden's different. Baron Morden is the talent that you just have to you have to break it to those other two guys and say, hey, we we got something special here, and this guy. We, we can't waste it because if we waste it this season and he, even if he comes back to Texas tech next season, he may go off. We may only get one full year of this guy. I don't think that's the case. I think he's going to play next year's 2023. I think he'll be here for 2024, but man, I, I don't want to take that risk of missing out on him. I, I want to see as much as him of him as possible. He needs to start. And I will say the season outlook, i um, going to go through the schedule kind of off the top of my head. We play West Virginia at home, which, by the way, by the way, I'm going to be so disappointed if we're on FS2. It's dependent on the MLB postseason schedule. I look today, I do have FS2, thankfully, on mine. But I know there's a lot of people that don't get FS2. I'm going to be disappointed if they stick us on that after they sp- – that stuck us on ESPN Plus. I mean, this is honestly worse. FS2 is worse than ESPN Plus. I'm just gonna say it. Because ESPN Plus, if I want to go buy the game, I can buy the game five dollars a month, done, six dollars, whatever it is now. I can watch the game. FS2, if you don't have that, you're going out to a sports bar and you're looking at a bunch of sports bars and trying to find out if you have it. So I really hope we're on FS1. Um, won't make a ton of difference to me. I'll be watching it either way, but I hope for tech fans that were on FS one. Um and then after that, I, I think we beat West Virginia. It seems like the news coming out is that Shuck probably won't be ready by then, which I saw uh it kind of leaking last week and was like I, I thought that may be the time that Bear Morton comes in, but now no. Bear Morton needs to be the guy, regardless of if Shuck can play or not. Baron Morton needs to be the guy against West Virginia. And I'm going to complain if we're sitting here next Monday or I'm recording this next Monday and he's not announced the guy yet. But um, after that, we get Baylor at home. I feel good about that one. I feel good about that one. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Baylor is a good team. I think we have the better quarterback. I think we have the better offense. and I think we have a good defense too. I think we can win that game. We go to TCU. That's going to be a tough one. They're kind of a mixed bag. Yes, they beat SMU. SMU is not having a great season. Um, yes, they beat OU. is a very bad team this year. And then they did squeak by in Lawrence against Jason Bean. And so I think they're a good team. I'm not completely sold on them yet. I'll give you more analysis on what I think next week. But I'm not sold on TCU yet after that. Uh, we have Kansas at home. I do think we beat Kansas at home. I know they're much improved. I think we beat Kansas at home. Uh, we go to Iowa State. That's going to be tough. They have a good run defense. But bear Warren's starting. I think that he can light up that secondary. Um, and really, are they going to score? Like seriously, can they get in the end zone? I mean, I haven't seen it yet from them. Um, after that, we finish with OU at home. I think we beat OU at home, honestly. I don't know what they'll look like by then. It's tough to project out six, seven weeks into the future. But I think we're a better football team than OU by a good margin. Um, So I'm really excited for this finishing stretch. I don't know that we can stay in the Big 12 title race. But look, if we win two or three of those first three, I mean, we're talking about, hey, what's the scenarios for us to get into the Big 12 title in November? They may be long-off scenarios, but... I think there's a good chance that we win four or five of these last six games and finish with four or five conference wins, which is way better than we've had in a while, especially if we have Baron Morton at quarterback. Take that all day. Um, Another thing I want to talk about. There's been a lot of talk lately that if Quinn Ewers was healthy, healthy, would Texas be six and up? And this one's frustrating t- for me. Because, so, Hudson Card came in for Quinn Ewers. Correct me if I'm wrong. Hudson Card came in for Quinn Ewers. Was Hudson Card playing defense when they gave up six fourth down conversions? Was Hudson Card the one in f- that fumbled in overtime? Was Hudson Card the one that called the plays for Bijan Robinson to only get, what was it, 16 t- carries in that game? Was Hudson Card the one that kept going to Roshan Johnson when it wasn't working in the Wildcat? No, they weren't. It wasn't Hudson Card. Hudson Card played a good game. I'm sorry, maybe they look different with Quinn Ewers, but hold on, I'm going to pull up some stats here. So Hudson Card and Donovan Smith were the two that star in the game. Both of us had our backup quarterbacks. They both came out in 2020. Hudson Card, according to 247 Sports, was .9721. A high four-star recruit, rated 59 out of all players in the nation. Donovan Smith was a .8580 mid-three-star recruit, rated 898 in the nation. I am so sorry that Texas could only start a quarterback a star better than ours. More than a star better than ours. I'm sorry. must be tough. That one of the, what, 40 to 50 blue chippers more than they had for uh, than we had couldn't play. Like, cry me a river. Like, come on. Come on. You still shouldn't lose to us with all the talent that you had. Except maybe we're just a better team. Maybe we're a better team. And I'll tell you what. I'm just going to say this. You give me the option today. Texas is playing Texas Tech. I get a pick. There are two quarterbacks starting, Barron Morden and Quinn Ewers. You tell me I get to pick one of them to have on my team. I'm taking Barron Morden. I'm taking Barron Morden. This guy dropped 91 in a high school game when, the, when his defense led up 71. Literally was made to play in the Cliff Kingsbury era. I am taking Barron Morden over Quinn Ewers. And maybe this comes back to bite me. Maybe I sound like an idiot two years down the line. Honestly, i I'm taking him. I'm not saying he is as talented. And Quinn Ewers, he deserves the praise he's getting. But And he did fit balls into insanely tight spaces. But I went back and watched them again. The ball comes out of Barron's hands. So good. Baron has better abilities with his legs than Quinn Ewers does. Baron has better arm talent. Is better with his legs. I'm not sure if it's a different in decision making. I'm not sure if the ratings difference... Was because Quinn Ewers was playing at South Lake Carroll. Which is a major, major high school brand. As we all probably know. Or most of us know. And Eastland is not. They're a 3A school. But. Both of these guys made their first ever starts against Power 5 opponents. Or not first starts. Play their first full game against Power 5 opponents. Let's take a look at some stats. So. First off, Quinn Ewers didn't need to play the full game. They are ahead by so much, they didn't need to throw as much. Barron Morden, first ever start, 90 more passing yards than Quinn Ewers. 29 more rushing yards. Same number of interceptions. They were both between 60 and 70% completion percentage, good completion percentages. Barron had one less total touchdown. Barron did that with a worse offensive line, worse weapons around him, and a get- against probably the best team in the Big 12 while OU is one of the worst teams in the Big 12. Barron was injured for half the game and it was his first career start. Like, I know, I know that Quinn Ewers is special. There's no denying that. All I'm saying is there are two redshirt quarterbacks in Texas. Redshirt freshman quarterbacks in Texas, I'm sorry. One of them is getting a bunch of... National media attention with everybody saying, oh, they'd probably be 6-0 and if he was playing nonstop. Can they beat a good team first? They have not beat a good team yet. They beat West Virginia and OU, probably the two worst teams in the Big 12. They played the third worst in Iowa State this weekend at home. None of those were on the road. I just saw Baron Warden, first career start, go on the road to the best team in the Big 12, in my opinion. I think Oklahoma State's a good team. And light it up. And do what Quinn Ewers did to the worst, one of the worst teams in the Big 12. Barron Morton just did that on the road to one of the best teams in the Big 12. And he did it injured for half the game. I I'm just saying, and I know it's kind of irrelevant. But if you tell me, hey, next year we're in Austin, Quinn Ewers versus Barron Morton, I'll tell you what, right now. I'm happy that my horse is Bear Morton. I'm happy that Bear Morton's my guy. And that's not to take anything away from Quinn Ewers. That's telling you how special I think Bear Morton will be. And I think he's going to be insanely special. I mean, we got something on our hands with this guy. I've never walked away from a loss more optimistic than this weekend. And... If y'all heard me last week, I seemed pretty optimistic after the K State loss. We have played five straight ranked opponents, gotten two straight, or gotten two ranked wins. Four of the five opponents, I'm sorry, four of the five opponents are still ranked, and we're in the game with all five of them. All three of our losses, we're in the game. One of them, we were tied going into the fourth. One of them, we were down three with the ball going into the fourth. I gotta say, I am insanely optimistic on this team. Insanely optimistic on this team, especially if Baron Morden is our guy going forward. We we need him to start. To not start Baron Morden at what or at home against West Virginia would be a disservice to this coaching staff, the team the fan base, and really any neutral watching, because I'll tell you what, he's not garnering the national attention that Quinn Ewers is, but he is every bit, if not more, special than Quentin Ewers is, and that's just telling you, I, I know what I saw, that's how good Baron Morton is, that is how good he is, and... I don't really have much more to say on this. Um, if you disagree with me, you can tweet at me, at JacksonBig12 on Twitter. Um, go ahead and argue with me if you like. But, um, yeah, uh, I'm really excited. We'll talk more about basketball next week. We'll preview the West Virginia game. Kind of nice to get a bye week when we we have such a star blooming and we can talk about him for a while. Um, Barron's going to be special. I can't wait for this one. Um, that's going to be about it here on the Text Tech, on this episode the Text Tech Edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. Uh, thank you for joining me.